Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Welcome to High Stakes, episode 29. I'm your host, Neil Orfield. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. High Stakes is produced by Mike Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter at AwesomeYo. And our guest today is Kyle Dvorak. You can find him on Twitter at KyleTweets here. Kyle is a great DFS and general uh, fantasy sports content creator. He is also, I call him the king of overlay. He's uh, known for... Uh, chasing some overlay in DFS contests and at one point in 2021 chase that overlay all the way to a millimaker in MLB a high stakes millimaker in which he took second place for $200,000 uh, has had a lot of success in DFS and, and with his overlay chasing escapades uh, Kyle how are you doing today I'm doing good uh, you know I don't want to paint it as like it's actually literally not like the most lucrative venture. And uh, you can tell because like I was grinding these uh, like the NBA milli, like 2,500 uh, milli tickets had like five or six of them, like didn't even min cash one. So like you're going to hear, you know, we'll talk about this. And maybe this is some of me like trying to protect my edge in a sort of subconscious level. But you'll hear about this and be like, oh, this sounds like just a money printing machine. And it, I mean, probably over the long term, like it would be like it's it's almost more like arbitrage than it is playing DFS. But like arbitrage is only good if assuming there's like downswings to it, which in DFS there would be uh, if you have the bankroll to handle it. And when I started, I certainly didn't. And now I am more selective in the sense of uh, like, like a 1% edge in high stakes soccer. Like, no, I, I'll pass. I'll pass on that one. We'll talk about it more, but I'm doing well coming off of a sore spot uh, last night on, on the NBA Millie, but it, it's fine. You said you had five tickets to that NBA Millie? Yeah. And it, it was a what? $2,500 buying something, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. like a lot of, like ticket value equity there. yeah yeah equity that yeah in, in that case resulted in a zero dollar uh, <laughs> outcome it's How brutal it's like but i, but I think about exact opposite in mlb or i mean close i mean obviously i guess the opposite would be winning the damn millie but uh second place for two hundred thousand is yeah. about as good of an outcome as you can generally expect in these kind of contests too yeah, I think the edge is like obvious. They are literally like I, you know, you can get down action where DraftKings is like paying you to play, uh, but it's for like super large field contest it, or it, it's contest where it's winner take all because they're tickets and you know the whole prize is first place. So like the the swings are tremendously brutal. And I would think of as like a more casual player doing this, like you would probably want like some of your bankroll in this, but like as a casual player, unless you're like truly just playing for fun, like. 
I wouldn't want to allocate every single dollar I had to like trying to grind Millie tickets, which you're never like in your lifetime, you'll never realize Millie equity. Like that's just the nature of the game. Right. Most players. Uh, so, so yeah. And yeah, I think like, and then some, some of these contests like run really good and get a bunch of tickets. Like the, the value of those tickets I spent, you know, it's 12, 12,500. I maybe spent like six grand or so to get there. And you're like, oh man, what a, what a great venture. What a, what a great, as you call it, escapade. This is really just uh, an easy way to secure my financial security for the rest of my life. And these brick all of them, just absolutely brick all of them. So the, the swings are like truly brutal. But uh, like I think it's a sort of easy quote easy way to find a long term edge. Yeah, I mean, so so I do want to uh, to jump into it more later. So we'll we'll talk about that. We, we got a good question from Anthony Amico about your uh, overlay chasing, and I, I want to get into it more. We'll follow up with that question, but talk about it a little bit more. But uh, I'll just start by saying I don't think most of us have the attention span for it. Like uh, most of us, like millennials, like I, I'm an older millennial, but I'm still a millennial. We just want like the immediate wins. We want the rush of like money hitting our accounts you got to wait sometimes like months right to get your money oh man they're like for the for the world cup blender i think talked about this briefly just mentioned it in passing or whatever they were running like world cup satellites for like months and months and last year i think maybe an osmo sub won the uh nascar milli it was like early in the year um or at least they were like in the discord or something uh and they were running satellites for those for like six and plus months so like you can run really good in terms of like ticket ticket equity you are holding and be on a downswing and then all of the quote money you have made is just sitting in the ether in tickets in your account that you'll end up breaking anyways yeah. uh so yeah like sometimes you're holding these forever yeah that's got to be frustrating at times but obviously the the payoff is pretty great when those contests finally come if you can make some money from them uh but yeah okay we'll, we'll talk more about uh the overlay chasing a little bit later on because i am i mean that's very interesting and i think you're kind of unique in that i don't i don't think we have many people who like really chase overlay a ton i know a few others only because okay. i see them in the lobby i haven't talked to any of them okay <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But first, let's jump into your background just a little bit, because, I mean, you've been doing content for what seems like a long time. Like, you're, you're a fairly young guy, youngish guy, and you've been, seems like you've been doing content for almost a, about as long, maybe not as long as I've been playing DFS, but as long as I've been aware of Awesome Out, which is maybe five years ago, I think you were already doing content. You seem like you've been doing it for a very long time. And, of course, you play DFS. Now you're at NBC Sports Edge. Uh, let's get into your background a little bit. But I'm going to start with just DFS background. Uh Starting with, uh, do you have any kind of background in statistics? Do you have formal or informal training? Yeah, I mean, I took like statistics classes in high school and in college. Uh, nothing super serious, though. And I've tried to teach myself R and like my I think it's the I think technically I'm a Zoomer. I'm right on the right on the edge. But uh, I think that Zoomer brain really just at at 19 years old turned to concrete and can't pick things up. So every offseason, I tell myself, like, really going to hone down on like trying to learn R and, and like focus more on not just like i have a pretty strong understanding of excel i can do like anything i personally want to do there uh but there are things i want to do that i can't or you can't do in excel or is not nearly as easy and uh my brain it just doesn't uh doesn't learn things the way it used to so I, I'm, I'm gonna tell myself again this off season uh like i've pushed excel to its upper limits i want to try and learn more of r I, I know the very basics of like how to use the language, but I can't do anything in it. Other than that, it's like pretty like low level, just like statistical knowledge uh, from like the, the basic college courses. I was like a, a marketing major, so you don't have to go too deep into the stats tree. 
Oh, you're a marketing major. Okay. So you, you did a little bit of statistics. So you did take a statistics course. At least yeah, one or two, I think. Yeah. Okay. Nothing like crazy though. Yeah. So so like minimal background, some background uh, in statistics. And that that's the extent of your computer program. And also just uh, trying to learn R and a little bit of Excel or any, any, any more computer programming. No, that, that's it. I, I know Excel pretty well, uh, but like Excel isn't the most useful tool, especially like when you're trying to like get into like modeling and simulations. Like Excel is pretty good for like a lot of like data work, but uh, like low level data work. But I, I want to push myself more. And every time I try, it doesn't work out. Uh, okay. Tell me about your professional background prior to DFS or any related. Hobby. Am I correct that you've been doing DFS related content for like five years or am I just? Uh, no, that's about right. That's, that? Okay. No, that's about right. I think like my first ever content was just like regular fantasy football stuff like five or six years ago. But I was like doing some very basic uh, like like uh, don't go back and find it type of content. <laughs> like, I yeah. You were like right out of college at that point. I would. I, I was in college whenever I started doing oh, content. I think I was like a sophomore in college no okay so yeah. you're only a few years out of college now then yeah t t three two or three yeah probably okay. coming up on three years out of college all right yeah that's probably about what i would have guessed except you've been doing content for so long i didn't realize that you were in college when you started so that's pretty awesome so you you started doing uh dfs content a little bit uh in college and it, it seems like that's probably your entire professional or do, do you have a professional background outside of uh fantasy sports content yeah, I had I had one normie job out of college, uh, one like non-hour industry job. It was a very paper pushing job that I hated, and I I quit that job whenever I started Awesome Oaks. Like I was doing enough freelance work here and at other sites that I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do in the spring when the NFL season is over. And that was the COVID season. And when we started getting teams who were post or you know they were uh, pushing games back, postponing them a few days, I was like, if the league goes on uh, goes on a pause for a week or two, like. I won't be getting a paycheck for a week or two, but I like yeah. hated my normie job so much that I was like, I'm going to freelance a ton, like work a ton for the the lead up, you know, the, about the month before and then the football season. And I'll figure it out from there. Uh, and I think after that, I, I began work full time at NBC. But I had one, yeah, one paper pushing job for a, a year, give or take. So you started only with fantasy football. I know that you play other sports. I I guess off the top of my head, I, you, you've done content for sports outside of NFL as well, haven't you? I don't think so. Just, I mean, oh, I, really? I did okay. XF, I did, you know, XFL and USFL content. Uh, um, I think that's it. For a while, I feel like you and Matt Kajewski, in my mind, like you two did shows together. Like I feel like you guys did and you a number relate of shows. that he is the college guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. did. We both were NFL guys though uh, when I when I started Awesome O. Okay. So yeah, that is funny though, because we we just coincidentally got lined up on almost every show together. As you know, scheduling worked out that way, and you know the shows they were putting us on were like the new guys shows, right? Uh, and we were, we both started on almost the same weekend or whatever. So yeah, we did a ton of shows, and um, uh, but they were all NFL, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you've only done NFL. So what are you going to be doing uh, during the off season then? Now you're you got this job at NBC Sports Edge. Are you still are you going to be doing? I guess there's like best ball. There's off season NFL stuff. Are you still just doing NFL stuff? Yeah. I don't I don't know if I'll do uh, USFL or XFL content this time around. Um, I'll probably still play DFS for those. But also like there are really there is an off season for my job in that I go from working a massive amount to having a reasonable amount of time off. Yeah. Uh, but I, I won't, uh, I won't be done working. Like as soon as the season ends, prepare for the combine, the draft more like non fan, some fantasy stuff, but also just like real life NFL right. content that isn't as focused on, on the game we play and certainly not focused on DFS in the middle of April or whatever. So uh, yeah. I'll, and also I just like, 
I just want some time off. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose when you're just uh, kind of reporting about the NFL too, it doesn't always have to be related to fantasy sports. Of course, that's the only yeah. content that I do. And I suppose uh, it sounds like you, you might be playing the same game that we are of like, maybe we'll do XFL, USFL content, depending on how big the contests are, what kind of interest oh there is and that kind of dude. stuff. Like at this point, they screwed up USFL so bad last or this this past year that i'm kind of worried that they're going to take that as oh nobody has interest in usfl because they because DraftKings screwed up their product so they're going to say well nobody wanted to play these contests and they're just not going to do it that's kind of what i'm thinking is do, do you have the same worry there with yeah i have, have bad contests? vibes from it i get bad vibes like the, they started giving the tickets away you and me and i think maybe cody main from etr saw that the the ticket was called like xfl 15k ticket yeah. and we're like oh man because i think the first usfl contest was 100k to first and i think that was the same of the xfl you know two years ago now almost well yep. almost three years ago now 2020 um yeah, yeah but uh yeah I, I don't get great vibes and i will uh say they definitely screwed it up and also the usfl's injury reporting was terrible like it was not yeah. a good like oh you know from a, a fan standpoint you probably don't care too much about that at least not to the extent that you and i and, and the right. grinders do but it, like those first five, they got it together at the end. The second half of the season was much better. Those first five weeks sucked. They were so frustrating. Um, and then the first week, uh, DK bombed it, obviously. They, they made right on their mistake. I think everyone got at worst neutral, uh, you know, yeah, no losses. And then they paid the, paid the rest out, obviously. But uh, yeah, they, they completely bombed that. And then a lot of the contest overlaid to late in the season, uh, which maybe they got the ball rolling to no one playing their contest on their own. Maybe people were never going to play it. But yeah, it wasn't a great sign. I think XFL, I, I it was only five weeks. I thought that held on a lot longer. And also I thought people just like, there was more excitement about the league. That league too was yeah. my vibe. I don't know if that's true based on the numbers. That is also my memory. I also like, I, I was not into XFL in the nineties. Might shock some people. I didn't watch it as a kid. Uh, then one of my uh, friends was a big fan of the XFL in the 90s and started, you know, saying to a group of us, hey, do you guys want to get together, watch some XFL games this year and stuff? So I was like, all right, I guess if mm -hmm. we're going to get together, watch some XFL, then I will get some uh, action on it. Get some action on it. And and yes, uh, so XFL started off with 100,000 the first contest for the first like two or three weeks. And then by by the fifth week, I think it was down to like 50,000 the first on both sites. But they kept relatively big contests. And they even like uh, split them up. Like there was, uh, they'd have two games Saturday, two games Sunday. They do contests separately for both of those. And then also contests for both like they were doing a lot of contests i forgot FanDuel had xfl contests because they didn't have usfl correct uh and, yeah, and or it was really small enough that i think i think they literally it. didn't okay. if i remember correctly they just opted not to do it uh which without win for DraftKings, i maybe that makes sense i forgot they had uh content i was also traveling the fifth and final week of the the season and i was happy i forgot that i was going to be in a state that didn't let you play dfs so i missed out on the final week of that that was fun, and there was also way less content around it. Like I, I think yeah. Osmo had some very basic, like wasn't pushing it in the way that you guys push USFL. I think ETR was kind of the same way. They put something together at the very end. So like if you were grinding these teams, especially in the opening few weeks, like you really could have a massive edge. Where uh, and, and like Run the Sims wasn't, or I don't even think existed back then. Yeah, sure so so there was just such a lack of good content. And even when there was good content, it just wasn't as popular as it was the second time around. And part of that was because there was a lack of content. Everyone jumped in to fill the void, right? Everyone's like, right. oh man, I can you know sell this product, whatever. And totally, it's like, fine, I'm not complaining about that. But the edge the second time around was not nearly as good as the edge the first time around. And if the prize pools are going to be smaller and the product from a few angles last year from DK's end was not good, like I probably will pr still play, I think, 
I don't have a strong desire to make content about it. Yes, I, I think I'm kind of the same way. I, I will play as long as the contests are big enough. I, I actually, I think I would enjoy maybe doing content about it, but I also like, I don't watch college football. Like I, I don't, I won't know the players going in. Like later on, maybe I'll get some idea of like, just like using uh, DFS game theory. Like this player is going to be over on this player is going to be under yeah. but like going in, I'm not really going to have any kind of like, oh, this quarterback's great. Like I, any kind of opinions on the actual players. Um, but yeah, so, so 2020 XFL season was going great. Got cut cut short after five weeks because of COVID USFL comes around and, and we've talked about how DraftKings screwed that up for people who are unaware DraftKings gave away like, I don't know, 20,000 tickets to a 30,000 person contest or something like that uh, for, for week one of USFL. And uh, so a lot of pros who had been planning on 150 max in, uh, didn't get into the contest because they, they gave away so many tickets that a lot of pros who may have been interested in playing some USFL were not actually able to play it. I think that kind of, burn some bridges like people are just like well I, I at this point i'm behind the eight ball i don't really know what how this game works so they just kind of gave up and didn't play but then on top of that on top of giving away twenty thousand tickets <laughs> this is uh, the kicker this, yeah, this is, is the kicker. truly awful <laughs> so so the games are staggered there's i think it was also two games on saturday two games on sunday maybe something or, like that something yeah, like yeah. that and at lock of the very first game DraftKings showed ownership for every player in the contest like even games that had not started yet uh, but then they took it, they, they locked, they went back and locked only the game that had started and allowed you to swap for the other three games after you saw the ownership for those games. So just like, which is a, a huge thing, obviously, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know by now, it's pretty big, pretty big edge to know the actual ownership or, or close to what it's going to be in and adjust from there. Uh, so it was just a yeah, pretty huge, huge edge if you were willing to uh, go through all of your lineups and be like, oh, well, you know, obviously I didn't know. I think there was like uh, breakers players, the New Orleans breakers there was like one of their receivers uh, was like super, super chalky. It's like all the content sites thought he was a good player or whatever. And the thing is, no one actually late swapped. No one. I know. No one did you? I did not. So I was going to say I'm a little bit ashamed to admit I made zero swaps. And part of that is because so different from other sports, we had no idea going in. Like it was just like we were all kind of randomly guessing like who's going to get playing time anyway. So it was like, I don't know. Like I, you can see the ownership. I have no feel for whether that's over-owned or under-owned. And, and I ended up, cause like I had, I'd spent a lot of time. Like, I think I want about this much of this player about this much of this player. And it was like, the, I don't know. The ownership was close enough to where I thought it was going to be where I was like, I think these lineups are still good enough. Like, I don't think they really need to be making any changes here. And of course that was wrong. Like in retrospect, yeah. like the guys who were super chalky, I think all failed, right? Like they, yes. they, generally the, the super chalky players like didn't play, but at that point didn't really know yet that how, how volatile it was in USL. Did, did you late swap it all there? Yeah, I did a handful by hand. I should have redone the whole thing. Like I should have been like, all right, let's go back yeah, and like yeah. redone everything. Mostly I just went through and like a few players that were like, I think what you said at the beginning, which is probably a lesson that applies to other uh, other sort of DFS things is like, we had no clue who was good or bad. We didn't know. That's perfect. That tells you that like all of the players should be like, a, you know, say we have That's like true. a slight idea of who is literally going to play. They should all just have perfectly even flat distribution of ownership. It'd be as if in like a, a, a golf contest, every single, there are 60 golfers, each of them has one of 60 odds and they have the exact same of, of winning or whatever. And they, you know, there's nothing else like no, no players are more or less volatile. You would just say like, oh, the, the solved game is you play all of them at a one in 60 rate, assuming everyone does that. Right. And that was probably true for weeks in the usfl because like the reporting was not great the injury reporting was non-existent the rotations changed all the time so like truly the answer was like to be nihilistic and say like anything that happened you want like 
if you were playing uh if you are playing like a, a sort of balanced style just play uh, you almost an even amount of everyone right and if you want to play uh play more strategic play a ton of the guys no one's going to play because yeah. just because he was a backup last week could have been and we knew this at least a little bit in week one because we knew that we didn't know anything we didn't know right. how volatile it'd be but we knew like oh man i think this guy's the receiver three but the the new orleans breakers don't have a beat reporter to tell us who's been running right. and uh and yeah I, I did some like half-hearted efforts of like oh this guy was like 60%. Like, we don't know anything. I'll swap a handful of him. It wasn't the the my best effort put in. It was some effort. But, uh, yeah. you know, we really should have been, myself included, I didn't try that hard, much more aggressive. And this carried through with just, uh, you know, our, our turn. Like, this was the time for GPP bros to shine because this stuff was a mess. Yeah. And I, I myself did not play nearly aggressive enough, especially in that first week. And no one did. We saw ownership and it yeah. changed like fractions of percent for some players. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was part of the problem. I mean, like, like I said, I didn't, I don't think I made a single swap. And part of that's because I had spread out so much already. Like I had already been taking a lot of shots on these players that I didn't think anybody else was going to play. So I was like, well, Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. It took me a long time to kind of get to these lineups for whatever reason. I, I remember struggling to get to lineups that I liked, so I... Finally, did before lock, and I was like, I just don't want to go back and mess with it because I spent too much time. But obviously, you're, you're correct that it was the wrong move. Like we should have really been looking at those the ownership after it came out and adjusting. But uh, enough about USFL and XFL. Now that we've lost 95% of our listeners who just do not care at all about USFL and XFL, uh, let's get back to your background a little bit. Uh, so, okay, going back to where you started. So you you get out of college, you have one normie job. Otherwise, you've been essentially doing fantasy sports slash football content. Uh, I guess uh, football and and fantasy football content uh, yep, basically yep. since college, other than that one one normie job. Yep. Okay. And then, uh, so approximately, we, you kind of already said this, but approximately when did you start getting involved in DFS, but also what grew you into uh, daily fantasy sports or, or, or football content? Um. I think the first time, like the first time I made a DraftKings account and I was like, obviously just like a terrible normie player. I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. It was like a year before I started doing content, but it wasn't a year before I started doing DFS content. And the reason I got involved in DFS was I was doing content and someone's like, do you play DFS? And I was like, all the time, man. I'm, I love, I love the DFA and the S it's all the best. Of course. Do you need me to write an article? And at that point I was like, well, I better start like 
taking this a bit more seriously. And I did, uh, though, like I wouldn't really start like grinding harder for another year or two. So I've probably only been playing like four years, like actually caring and trying to think about the game smartly. Uh, I think my DraftKings account maybe got started six years ago. I don't know. Okay. Sounds about right. And were you a winning player right away? Uh, definitely not. I think I got lucky and maybe was a winning player by like dollars, but no, I was like a terrible, like uh, terrible normie player for a, a year or so uh, before someone asked asked me to care about it. Uh, said we'll pay you to write an article. I don't even actually it probably wasn't a paid article, <laughs> but they're like, well, uh, like we'll get you know. I, I was trying to grind and make it in the content space. So like, we want you to write an article. At that point, I committed myself to caring more, but definitely for that first year, I was like truly the most casual fan. And it's hard to even know, I mean, uh, whether you, I mean, you say you might have gotten lucky and been winning by dollars, but like, that's kind of the nature of GPPs too, right? Like you lose almost every day until you have that, yeah. that one win that pays it all off. So, so maybe you, maybe you were a good player. Uh, maybe just it was also player. an easier time back then. It was, True. it was 20, whatever, 16 or 17. So maybe just being a knowledgeable normie was like a little above break even. So, so you could be right. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe you're winning relative to the time, and you've uh, been able to adjust as the as the contests have gotten better, uh, and and have to. We have to continue getting better as the field does as well. Um, okay, uh, I guess I, you already answered this question. In which sport or sports do you think you have the biggest edge? So I'll reframe the question: In which which type of contest uh, do you think you have the biggest edge? Showdown versus classic versus flash draft, whatever other contest. <laughs> where do you think you have the biggest edge in terms of type of contest? That's so perfect. Cause I think this is a more applicable question. I, I think like on a regular thing, NFL, just, I don't really know a ton about all the other sports. I use uh, a lot of the stochastic stuff to grind overlay in the other sports. And when the overlay is good enough, that is, that is enough to be a winning player. And also like, I understand the strategy, but I think a uh, small field showdown contest across almost any sport. Cause typically those are sports where uh, not duping matters and uh, or showdown is a type where not duping matters and small field contests uh, because those are mostly what I'm getting overlay in and not duping when the entire first place or the entire value of the contest goes to first place ticket, not having a duped lineup is really, really valuable and gauging how far you're willing to go for a not duped lineup because you want to be the, you don't want to chop the ticket or whatever, uh, gauging how far you want to go for that matters a, a lot or getting that that balance right so i think any showdown contest where it's like you know a thousand or probably even like anywhere between under five thousand i think once you get to large field showdown like i'm probably still not playing aggressive enough and looking at top players lineups like are getting to players that like i wouldn't have and should have been doing because those have been long-term profitable players so smaller field showdown contest because showdown usually dupes matter um yeah those are probably where i have the biggest edge Okay, so you so you're because you're familiar with uh, wanting to be aggressive and and non duped in showdown, but you think you're not quite aggressive enough for the large field GPPs, but uh, you're aggressive enough to take down those like five thousand or less kind of contests. So it's I, I was gonna ask like what what size you're talking about with small field, but you're not talking about like ten field. Like you're still talking about GPPs, like up to like a five thousand people in it. Yeah, I was gonna. I was saying more like I can understand how leveraged you need to be for yep. five thousand. Most of it is smaller, but I think up to somewhere in that range, like I can, you can conceive of like the amount of leverage you need to use after that or use at that point. Most of it is smaller though, like five hundred or less. I think yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and a lot of it is like ten mans and stuff. But you see like three people do the do the obvious like NBA showdown cash game lineup. Like anyone, any any 
10 o'clock Nuggets game, like Jokic is the captain. I don't need to tell you like that. And uh, you're playing like two backup scrubs or whatever to fit him and whoever, you know, LeBron on the other side. And people just play that lineup two yep. or three times. And that when it's a ticketed, con when it's a contest that pays out a ticket, is functionally the same as overlay, assuming you're not duping that lineup because those lineups are the same. You're not competing against them at all anymore. Uh, you know, one copy of them or whatever. So right, those right. ones I think are where I have the best feel of like how many projected points I am willing to give up to get a non-duped lineup. Because in a 10-man contest, it really is like, I don't, you probably have to worry about leverage so much less that you're like, I will just play. If you told me these are the lineups I'm playing against, I would just take the highest projected lineup that isn't in that set list. And I'm pretty good yeah. at finding that and sizing that for the contest. Okay, yeah. And for people who don't, uh, track what what kyle's saying when he says that you're not competing against those lineups that are mega doom he's not saying that they're not in the contest it's just like it might be like 30 lineups or, or 30 different entries that are all the same lineup so it's essentially those 30 can be reduced to it's essentially just one spot that you're playing against as opposed to 30 spots is that basically what you're saying when you say you're, you don't really have to worry about that lineup as much because it's duped so many times you're not you're obviously you're, you're still in the contest it's not like that the lineup is removed from the contest uh because it's duped but it's just you're essentially reducing the number of lineups in the contest uh by 29 in that case yes exactly in, in uh any contest that doesn't pay out first place only uh you still obviously don't want to be duped but at least those other 29 uh entries in this 30 lineup training example those 29 other entries take the money from second through 30th or whatever so uh it is worse for you that that lineup would win you know that it does take up some of the money when it's only first place those other 29 entries from your perspective like are just overlay they all kill each other off uh, obviously, if you do put them, it, it matters, but right. not not doing that is kind of the name of the game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I know you mentioned that you don't really play other sports as much other than chasing overlay. Uh, so have have you played any NBA showdown? Uh, on like on chasing overlay. Oh yeah, yeah. NBA showdown. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I think I played every sport in the lobby. Uh, okay. Yeah, I. Yeah, I played every sport. I don't know if I played every sport every. Um, uh type like i haven't played like nba flash trap or whatever uh uh or I, I probably have played pretty much every like even tiers for all the other contests uh pretty rarely though um okay. but yeah I, i've played every sport in and i think to some degree like yes like the overlay helps like i do have an understanding like i don't want to say i'm good at this right like i don't think anyone wants to be like yeah i'm, I'm so good at this i have a basic understanding of like tournament strategy in which when DraftKings gives you some leniency by letting there be overlay, that strategy uh, is helpful. So I, I don't want to say like, I'm just an idiot who plays the cash game lineup in showdown or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I understand strategy. Stochastics projections for both ownership and, and points are good and help me further that strategy. But I don't follow, I like casually follow like the NBA and the NHL. I think last year I played some NHL just on my own, but yeah, for the most I, part, NFL is the only, and, and the other, uh, the other leagues of professional football when they come around yeah. are the only ones I will play, not just chasing overlay for the most part. Okay. I, I would guess you're pretty good at this just based on, I've consumed enough of your content that like you clearly know what you're doing. And I would guess that that translates to other sports as well. So I know you don't want to say like, Oh, I'm good at this, but I would guess that you're pretty good at uh, being able to figure out the different types of contests you're playing for whatever sport you're playing. But uh, what I was curious about when we were asking about NBA showdown is, so that's a, a contest that people ask me about from time to time. And I don't play it because I'm like, 
Well, I'm trying to avoid dupes, and I think that works so much better in NFL showdown than NBA showdown because there's so much more variability in NFL, whereas NBA, it's like the projections are so good that like any, like if you're giving up, you know, 10 points in projection on a showdown slate, then I'm like, is that too, I mean, 10 points is maybe not uh, so much, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so much more projectable that I feel like it's so much harder to beat the rake long-term in NBA showdown because the projections are so good as opposed to NFL. So if you're, like, have you had success at all in NBA showdown? And, and maybe when you add in, uh, since you're playing contests where you're, I'm guessing you're not playing NBA showdown unless there is overlay. Is that uh, correct? Yeah, that's true of every sport sport but the the professional football ones not even i won't even play like college football or whatever um but yeah i totally agree that's i mean that's totally accurate in that like it is maybe like you could probably find like blowout spots where like the backups should be two and a half percent owned and they're 0.7 but like you're working with really really small margins there where nfl i totally agree there are dudes who are going to run like 15 routes get two targets and they'll be two percent owned because they have scored they haven't scored in three like scored a point a fantasy point in three weeks but they run some routes they get the occasional targets and if that's a touchdown like that's that's ball game right there right, right. like that's exactly. the guy you have to have and those edges are so much more pronounced i would totally believe you or believe a player who plays these if you told me that like the the 10 man 1k buy-in nba showdown late slate that's like a solved game because right the projections are so accurate that we know to such a high degree to a degree of certainty that is within what the rake takes that w- what is going to happen and how you should be playing. I th- I guess in large field, people still dupe too much to the point where there is some edge. That's just guessing though. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I would totally believe mid and high stakes, like small slate NBA showdown. You're only getting good players there. They know exactly what they're doing. And I believe you if you told me it's a solid game. I'm sure some people would say it's beatable. I, I don't know though. Like I agree that NBA, if, they're- if I wasn't playing pro overlay, it'd be one of the first sports I would not play, especially like at a high stakes level. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're on the same page there. Yeah. I don't know that it's, uh, that it's not beatable. I just like, I, I like just conceptually, I'm like, unlike NFL, I'm like, man, it's just so hard to like, how do you avoid dupes while still having a lineup that projects well enough that has a, a real shot at winning. It just feels like a tougher equation for NBA. So mm-hmm. I haven't found it to be worth my time, but yeah, I suppose the contest you're playing, you're, you're kind of chasing overlay anyway so like it kind of reduces some of that concern i guess um anyway just just curious to hear what your, your thoughts on nba showdown uh now, let, let's talk a little bit about process uh and i guess we can uh maybe we'll continue talking about process a little bit as as we get to the uh anthony's question and talk more about the overlay chasing because i'm guessing the process is different for uh different sports like depending on how much knowledge you have etc and and since you're doing things so last minute it's going to be a little bit different for those sports where you are chasing overlay so let's start by talking process for nfl in particular because you said nfl is the one contest where you'll play even if there is not overlay is that correct yeah yeah not a ton still uh like like i I, this is like a dumb way to frame it i probably wouldn't like be on this show if i uh was just playing like my normal nfl like i try and play as a smart, intelligent player, but I just wouldn't get a ton of action down there. Uh, if it weren't for chasing overlay, I'd still play some. I like it too. I just enjoy the the NFL game the most and it's what my job focuses on. So right. I have like a high domain knowledge, but that's the only one that like I really play. I will say like when I get um, uh, like, like last night for the NBA thing, like I was like, I wasn't just like, oh, let's show up, build some lineups and chase some overlay. Like had some serious equity there or like MMA, like, on the on the MMA, you know the the 
whatever the MMA DraftKings Live Final or whatever is, those like low level contests, some like the the fifty dollar satellite or whatever, those ones will overlay and I'll throw something together. But sometimes you get like they're they're planning a, a five 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 or whatever a few weeks or a month out, and they're kind of overlaying some tickets to that. Like I will grind for those. Like uh, like on the day of the slate, like we'll really spend much more time. So it also depends on like theoretically just how much I'm getting down. If I've got like, uh, you know, like the, the NHL live final to live, it was during the COVID year. Uh, that one, like I will try and like really like dig deeper and spend more time on it. If it's like NBA showdown, there's $50 of overlay at 10, 9.55 at night. I won't put as much effort in. So it depends on yeah. like essentially how much I'm getting down is, is what it boils down to. Right. Well, and I also suppose, uh, and in this, you know, we're uh, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, I guess. Uh, but I suppose it depends on like when you are chasing the overlay, typically you won't have spent as much time on it. Whereas these are examples of like, you've already, I know ahead of time. Yeah. Yes. You know, ahead of time that I'm going to be in this contest, yes. well, then you're going to spend more time on it. And it's going to be yes. also a very process true. for the, for those types yes. of contests. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So getting back to just more general, and I guess you can answer this for other uh, sports as well. If, if, the answer differs, but, uh, okay. Uh, do you use, or do you do any simulations of your own or use simulations from outside sources as part of your process for NFL or, or any other sport? Uh, just whatever. So I don't do any of my own simulations. I've done the only thing I've ever done. And that's cause like it pushes the extent of my Excel knowledge is like simulations for my bank rolls. Like what's a normal downswing. Like you can just simulate the contest. Cause if you assume that everyone is as skilled, which is not true, but just to get a general idea of like, what's a reasonable downswing? Like I lost $20,000 over this amount of time. Is that, oh, that's actually almost a fortunate downswing. Right. Uh, that's the only thing I've ever done that would like approach, you know, and in some technical sense, it would be a simulation. It's just distributing outcomes over a large amount of time, but not for the actual game outcomes. Okay. As you said, uh, or you started to say, I think, uh, outside of stochastic, like yeah, yeah, the so stochastic tool, like, content, yes, simulations, but like yeah, yes. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so do you use an optimizer at all in building your lineups? Yeah, I use uh, use Fantasy Cruncher because it comes with my my stochastic sub, my my legacy sub that they gave me while I'm working. And every time I come on the show, I'm like, Nolan, you want to boot up my sub for another year? <laughs> uh, no, great great guy, though. Nolan hired me uh, like on the spot when I was. Oh, that's awesome. When I was in in. I don't want to say desperate need of a job, but I did hate my job, my old normie <laughs> job. So uh, yeah, good, good times working here. And I've used uh, the solver a few times just out of curiosity. Cause sometimes they'll do it for free. Yeah. Uh, like they do, they opened it up for free with uh, the national championship college football, okay. just out of curiosity, but fantasy cruncher works for me. So I don't feel the need to use anything else. Yeah. That's obviously typically what I use also. So do you, uh, are there contests, do you always use an optimizer, I guess would, would be my follow-up question, or do you sometimes, like, when you have that ticket and you are really thinking, giving a lot of thought, and you've only got, you know, five tickets, right? Like, like so last night would be an example. You had five tickets to this NBA contest. Do you sometimes hand build, or do you always end up using an optimizer? No, I mean, I don't think I'll, maybe in NFL I will every now and then, because, uh, like, I almost just know the projections. Like, I could basically tell you, like, I could just eyeball it and say, like, this is the cash game lineup. These are players who are pivots off of that without having to look at uh, any website's numbers. Um, but for, like, NBA, I, I would have no clue that, like, that, uh, like, all of OKC starters are out. So a bunch of their, like, backups, like Mike right. Muscala or whatever is going to get 35 minutes tonight. I just wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, I, I even, I probably, I could maybe hand build not terrible lineups for like NHL or, or MMA maybe, uh, 
or a lot of times for like sports that I don't have like projections on like weird soccer slates or whatever, mm. I'll pull up uh, like Vegas odds and you can get like, you know, goal score odds, shots odds, which like if there's good overlay, that could be enough uh, to, to scoop some like stupid king of the pitch ticket or whatever. <laughs> uh, but almost for every sport, I will use projections. And sometimes, you know, I'll go into fantasy cruncher and like, start hand building within there, but I need to see the ownership and the projections for sports. I'm not like as familiar with. Okay. So, so it's rare for you to hand build. You're typically using the optimizer. Um, okay. Uh, do you, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I know the answer. You've sort of answered these. All right. Do you, do you create your own projections from scratch for any sport? No, I, um, close I came was the first year of XFL. I just cried, tried to create like relative power number ratings, basically of like, it doesn't matter if this team runs 50 plays or 25 plays, if I get their relative distance to other teams, correct. And the same with like, you know, target share numbers, like assuming I have a, uh, you know, I can compare teams relatively. I didn't care too much if the numbers were right. And uh, that's like the only thing I've ever done that were close to projections. And they were pretty solid because uh, who was, it's like Houston something. I don't remember these four teams anymore. They were great. It was a team with PJ Walker. So my, my numbers like them. Uh, which was fun. Nice. And then for USFL, every now and then I would DM Matt Kajaski, who was grinding USFL and be like, why does this guy have this target share? Yeah. Nice. Okay. So generally not doing your own projections from scratch, but maybe sometimes uh, adjust. And I won't do for... that again. That was yeah, yeah. way too much work, especially now that other people back in the XFL days, it was one of the last times, you know, these like sports that pop up, uh, like a whole new league pops up will be like the last times there are uh, information edges where just like knowing more about them is an edge that is like easily acquired. Like we were talking about this before the show, like for some people, there still is that edge, like petty theft in NBA. Like yep. we'll just come up with different projection numbers that are like way off and correct seemingly. Uh, but that's a pretty rare occurrence. And even now it'll be less often with like sites like stochastic doing really good USFL. And I assume again, USFL XFL numbers. So I won't even try to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll find out soon enough. If we're going to have USFL and XFL uh, projections and such here. Um, I'm interested to know. Um, and I'm, uh, so do you do anything uh, related to your own ownership projections? No, every once in a while, like, you know, you can eyeball and say like, ah, I don't, I don't see, like, I've been listening. I try to listen to like as much content as I can be like, ah, like everyone's talking about this player, but for the most part, it would be like small adjustments of just like, oh, I know better. Like I've listened to all the content. This guy is going to be, uh, you know, higher owned or a lot of sites do their projections based on like the largest large field contest in which, you know, last night in the NBA stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know any of these players like Dwayne Washington, some guy yeah. for, uh, <laughs> you know, Phoenix getting a ton of minutes, like, He's the best value play. That's like, I know he's going to be in a high stakes contest more owned than he will be in the, in the large field, which is what the projections are for, but like slight adjustments to already good baselines. I've been uh, playing NBA DFS since 2013. I am, I think going to start doing some NBA content next week. And I went into play yesterday. And I was like, who the hell is this Dwayne Washington guy? Like I had no idea who he was. And I'm like, pretty into the nba i watch a good amount of nba i've been playing for i hadn't i didn't know who he was so uh can't can't hold that against yourself that you didn't weren't that familiar with uh with dwayne washington um would you call yourself an exploitative dfs player 
Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Es la venta para amigos y familiares de JCPenney con un cupón de 30% extra que podrás usar por encima de los descuentos que encontrarás por toda la tienda, como 50% de descuento en esenciales para el hogar y hasta 40% de descuento en Disc Claiborne. No olvides usar tu cupón de 30% extra y ahorra por toda la tienda. JCPenney, celebraciones que valen la pena. Ofertas válidas en selección de estilos. Cupón de 30% válido hasta el 3 de diciembre. Evento de Liz Claiborne hasta el 6 de diciembre. Venta del hogar hasta el 17 de diciembre. Aplican exclusiones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com. Yeah, I mean, I try to be. Uh, I, I think, uh, like, I am not as exploitative in probably other sports in which I don't know as much about them. I guess, I don't know, though. Maybe just only knowing the numbers makes you, in some sense, more exploitative, in which I'm like, uh, you know, no clue uh, how this guy's performed, how, how Dwayne Washington couldn't tell you a single thing about his game. Don't know. Hardly know what position he plays. DraftKings lists him as, I think, point guard, shooting guard or whatever. Couldn't tell you a thing about him, but I can tell you that in the large field, uh, his ownership's going to go up. And maybe that's still not enough for the types of lineups I'm building. So definitely, definitely exploitative. Maybe the only exceptions would just be like in five mans in which, uh, I guess this is sort of even exploitative, but like in a five man contest that's filled at three, like you can probably just drop your cash game lineup in there. Uh, maybe you get duped if you know who's in it you actually could probably tell if you'll get duped or not like if it's just mock lovin and one of the person there mock lovin's also playing the cash game lineup so i guess avoiding the literal cash game lineup is sort of exploitative but it's like the lowest level of that yeah but yeah it's totally exploitative to an extent um all right well so we, we've got a couple questions from listeners both related to uh chasing overlay which so we've been kind of saving some of the overlay chase talk a little bit uh, for, for this section. Uh, I guess the first one wasn't really a question. John Kelly DFS says, I see he's in the NBA Millie tonight. This is yesterday. See he's in the NBA Millie tonight as well. I'm sure he won saddies into it. He doesn't pay full price for anything. Kid is a stud. Uh, is it true that you, so he didn't actually ask a question. He was just commenting. Is it true though, that you uh, do not pay full price for anything? Uh, in DFS, it's almost always true, except for like the little bit of NFL I play on my own. I'm probably pretty, pretty nitty in real life too. Like, Okay. That, that's probably, I mean, th those two things are almost certainly related that like I am relatively cheap in real life. And uh, also like the idea of just trying to arbitrage at DFS as opposed to like thinking too much about it. I mean, it seems like a great strategy to be honest, just chasing value, like seems very sharp to me. Um, all right. Anthony Amico says, Oh baby pumped for this one. Definitely would love to hear about Kyle's game selection on the overlay. Uh, he has spray and pray specific contests, etc. And the kinds of lineups he's playing there, are you just taking slates off that don't have overlay or is it an add-on 
to your current volume. So I, I was very curious about this as well, because I mean, so, so you kind of said uh, that you are typically, if, if you are chasing overlay, it is more last minute, like you're not necessarily preparing as much. Um, tell me about that, I guess, uh, more generally, like, uh, is that true? Like when, when you're chasing overlay, are you not preparing as much ahead of time? Or like, can you kind of tell like an hour and a half before the slate starts? Like, I'm guessing there's going to be some overlay in these kind of contests. You prepare as usual. And then like, like uh, Anthony asked, just take slates off sometimes if there, if there doesn't end up being overlay. Uh, tell me about your thought process there in terms of when you decide to play contests, uh, how much work you put in when you are in the chasing overlay part of your process. Yeah, you kind of like, especially like for the the NBA Millie, they're running satellites like months in advance, at least many weeks in advance. And they run one contest uh, on, you know, Tuesday night or whatever. It doesn't fill and you see it in the lobby the next day. It's probably not going to fill again. So sometimes you do know. Uh, but other times like, yeah, I will have I, I don't prepare too much ahead of time, luckily, but sometimes totally like I'm like, oh, might be some overlay in NBA. Let me just like build a, a few lineups like I can see which contest might be the ones to overlay. So I know about like I'm at least trying to eyeball like how much leverage, like how much projection I'm willing to give up to not do, but also to try and build good, you know, better than one percent, top one percent equity type of lineups. And then like, as the numbers tick down, I'm like, ah, well, everything's filled 10 minutes before lock, misjudged that one. So, uh, and yeah, there are like some sports, like really overlay has to be good. Mostly soccer. Like soccer is the one I think is like probably the hardest lobby because there are not many players that play soccer and they're all like true, like really good players. Uh, so for a sport like soccer, like if I see like, oh, it might overlay, I'm like, don't care. Not going to play that, that one. And then as Anthony alluded to, like, the way you play, and, and as we've talked about a little bit on this show already, the way you, the, the lineup you enter is going to depend on the size of the contest, how many entries are in the contest. So I guess how much uh, foresight are you giving to like, I think this, you know, 5,000 person contest is going to overlay enough that I want to play it versus like this 11 person contest. Like, are you, are you planning for every scenario, you know, starting, I don't know, half an hour before lock or what's your process in terms of like, choosing lineups for the contest or like do you you know choose a lineup and then only play if the contest fits the lineup that you've chosen how, how does that kind of uh selection process work for you yeah i, I don't I wouldn't say i plan for every scenario but i'm like oh there are like a handful of like five to 25 mans that'll fill that like you should probably have a different strategy for five mans versus 25 it's like there would be uh and especially if the five man doesn't fill two and it's at four or three like even that would technically be a bit of a different strategy uh but for the sake of like my time and also just like the speed of which i still haven't figured out and i don't i think the answer is the apps aren't it, it turns out built for this dumb gameplay style of just grinding these like last second entries uh not an easy way to be like okay i have to remember uh the lineup i need or sometimes you can just enter uh enter your say like the five man is important because it's a $500 entry. I don't want to enter the 5,000 person contest lineup into that one. Like I'd be yeah. giving up way too much. So I will just enter a bunch of, I'll call it the cash game lineup, the five man lineup in 10 cent contest. Cause it moves to the front of your queue on the DraftKings app. And uh, I, as far as I can tell the DraftKings website for doing this is just so incredibly slow. There would not be an easy way to do it. So you just like force the queue to get your highest projected lineups in order, basically. And but I'm, I'm not as 
as judicious as I could be with like, this one's for five mans, this one's for 25 mans, but I will like group them out uh, to know like, and yeah, sometimes, actually a lot of times, uh, ones just don't get used because they, uh, you know, oh, all the five, 10 and 15 mans filled don't need any of the cash adjacent lineups. A few of the three and five dollar satellites didn't fill. So those scroll to the back of the line of lineups and enter those. So not planning for every scenario, but at least trying to have like a spectrum of lineups or a few groups of lineups that do match to some degree their contest. But uh, you know, you could I could definitely push that part harder. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. Um and I guess uh, maybe maybe you kind of asked us already, but are there times that you like spend the time to make lineups and then everything, all the overlay you're chasing fills up and you just don't play the slate? Yeah, it's really annoying, but uh, <laughs> definitely. Is that hard? Like to, to like you put in the work, like you know who you want to win or like who, who you're needing to do well, and then you just don't have any action on it? Like is that, is that tough for you? And, and especially uh, has it ever happened that you have decided not to play or, you know, I'm not going to play contest because there's no overlay and then seeing all of your players like do great. And is, is that going to be frustrating at times? Uh, well, for them, I, I wouldn't know if they were not doing great because I wouldn't enter anything. And it's not like I'm like following NBA. Oh, you just don't pay attention to that. Part. Yeah, I just okay. wouldn't pay attention. Like I don't watch NBA most nights. Every once in a while, you know, I'll be at a bar and watch it or something. But, like I haven't watched an NBA game at home since I live in Charlotte. So I watched like the Hornets lose in the playing game or whatever last year. That was the last time I watched an NBA game just at home for fun. So I, I truly wouldn't know uh, if the players are doing well unless uh, – unless they were in a live lineup, but yeah, definitely happens. And every once in a while I experience a moment of weakness, like, all right, putting this one in a $5 can't have done all this work for nothing. Uh, I won't like do anything stupid. Like, all right, I built 30 lineups time to enter the five by five, a bunch or whatever. Every once in a while I'll be like, I can't have done all this work for nothing, but what if I did it for $5, which after the rake is worth about $4 and 72 cents or whatever, but yeah, totally happens. And like, it's not the worst because I'm not showing, I'm not like grinding all day unless I know I'm playing like we talked about earlier, but uh, definitely does happen. And it is like, ah, well, that's a, there goes, you know, 40 minutes, half hour of my time. A lot of times I'll try and uh, work uh, building lineups into other parts of my schedule. So at least I am like, uh, not like, babe, we can't go out tonight. Might be, might be 200 bucks in overlay. And then she's right. like, how'd it go? I'm like, ah, didn't play tonight. So <laughs> Yeah. Let me take a minute away from this conversation with Kyle Dvorak to tell you that we've got a great offer for new users only. You can get full access to everything Stochastic has to offer for NFL for five days free. Projections, ownership, 1v1 tools, lineup generator, top stacks tool, zero risk because it's all free. So sign up now using the link in the description of this video. Note that Fantasy Cruncher is an add-on that can be added after the fact. Okay, so how how small would a contest have to be where you'd be willing to play your cash game lineup in the contest? Uh, to like, I guess it depends on what sport. Cause like in NHL, like, you know, the cash game will be similar, but like, I will find random variations uh, that like, I'm just going off the numbers where like other people who know a little more about NHL are seeing like other things that I'm not seeing. So we'll have similar lines, but I can actually bet if I run the, just the top optimal lineup from Osmo, it, it may not get duped uh, in a small, in a small, small contest. Whereas an NBA, even in a five man, if I run the top lineup from Osmo, like pretty decent chance it's getting duped, especially on like a late on, you know, the, the 10 PM two game slate uh, that probably will get duped. Uh, if not, it'll be really close and I don't even want to risk it being duped. So like it would really have to be down to like a three or a four man, maybe slightly larger, but I do think like, you know, not, not duping in a contest that pays out first really is the name of the game. So 
uh, that pays out first and nothing else. So maybe, you know, NHL or, or a few other sports, maybe, maybe even NFL, like smaller slates, uh, you know, it, it's probably fine. Not a, a high, high risk of getting duped, but I almost would never in NBA. And I really wouldn't in most other sports, but if I am on, on short for time, I will, uh, if I think it's low probability of being duped. Uh, would you recommend your strategy of only playing and, and you play some NFL side of it? Would you recommend the strategy to people of only playing contests where you are chasing overlay or reduced rake? Like, uh, would you recommend that strategy or is it uh stressful enough and uh, you know, I guess prolonged enough that it might not be worth it for everybody? Like, how, to what extent, I guess, would you recommend this strategy to others? I think you should probably like incorporate some of this uh in your. You know, like in college, college DFS, there was a decent amount of overlay for just like, oh, we're running a 50K to first or, or the, the national championship game, the big showdown contest. We're running 100K to first there. Uh, and I'm sure they're like slightly concerned it won't fill. So they're willing to eat a little overlay on tickets ahead of time. Uh, you know, if you're going to play $50 a night on, you know, through bowl season, maybe dedicate some of that to the uh, grind of the overlay. But for the most part, like you are trying to roll up $1 into a million dollars a lot of times, or even a hundred thousand or whatever, uh, or, you know, $90 into $200,000. And like, I think the average player mostly doesn't have like the bankroll. I mean, like I said, I started out and I didn't realize how bad the downslings could be. And I did not have the bankroll for it and just got lucky and won a bankroll somewhat early in doing this. Had I not, I'd have probably stopped after a few months and been like, yeah, there's some edge, but I just, I, I can't handle the downswings. So I think players should be more smart about incorporating this, but I, I wouldn't. And also like it is uh stressful. The swings are bad. Uh, and you just like waste time building lineups don't matter, which isn't a good feeling. I think it is an edge, but it's not a massive edge unless you know a lot about the sports you're grinding overlay. And it'd be hard to know a lot about uh, La Liga and CSGO, but also NFL and all these things. So I wouldn't recommend doing what I am doing full time. I know some other people, I think, um, I think his name's like Kevin Fallick, uh, works for, or is a sub to run pure. I noticed in a comment, someone's like, oh, you played a lot of money this late. And he was like, oh, it was all, all tickets. I wouldn't normally enter this. And I see him grinding a lot of the overlay as well. And some people who are just maxing out the lobby also happen to scoop up all the overlay. But for the most part, like this isn't like much of a, I wouldn't enjoy, I don't like particularly enjoy doing it in some sense. I enjoy doing it more than I would enjoy doing nothing. Uh, yeah. Like I do like, I like the sweat. I like grinding and I like having an edge. Like that's part of the enjoyment of the sweat. Like if the cards flip and I am duped in a contest, I don't, I, I'd like to win, but I'm like, oh, that I played bad. That sucks. The, the night already feels over. So I wouldn't recommend doing it full time. Like I am though. I think people, especially if you're playing, if you want to win uh, a milli, maybe try and get the tickets at a discount. Cause you're, you're, uh, you know, your odds are so low anyways, at least play with a better edge, but not what I am doing full-time. I wouldn't recommend. Okay. And I, I just want to get back for a second to the contest because I'm thinking about it more like if I were to do this, because I, I really like, it's something that I should incorporate into my process. Right? No, don't worry, about, don't, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm probably not going to anyway, to be honest, but I like, I've thought about it many times. Like I need to, like, I should be taking advantage of these opportunities more because really it is the biggest edge. If you can find rake free or, or, uh, overlay ideally uh yeah that's that's as good as it gets and you know most of the contests that i'm playing typically not finding any of that so uh definitely there is more edge there but then i'm thinking about like different types of sports like 
are there any sports that you've tried and just like given up on because like you don't know enough about it? Because I mean, as you say, like you're, you're trying not to be duped, so you don't want to just play the optimal lineup. And that, that's kind of what I was curious about coming in. It's like, are you just like in some of these sports that like, if you don't know, I don't know, tennis or like whatever the sport is that like you don't know as well. Uh, I would be like tempted to just like, oh, well, this is only a, you know, there's only going to be eight people in this contest. It's an 11 person contest. It's only going to fill to eight. I'm just going to throw the optimal in there. Uh, is it, uh, what's the balance there? Like with, with sports that you don't know as well, uh, do you do you still like put in enough work to like make sure that you are able to actually make good lineups for the contest? Like it sounds like you do for NBA. Is that true for like all of these kind of lesser known sports as well? Like do, do you ever play like tennis DFS or like are there are there examples of sports that you have given up on because you're just like yeah it's not worth my time I don't really know this sport I'm not going to make uh, good lineups. Are there are there any of those types of sports? Well, I think I think Stochastic has projections for almost every sport in the lobby. Uh, like weird soccer stuff, not uh, no. And and the, like you said, I, I typically don't. Sometimes like the overlay is really good and you can sort of eyeball what projections might be like for most offensive players by getting uh, uh, Vegas odds, like going to sports books for that, uh, which all, oftentimes too, like if Stochastic has like a really for some random CSGO player. Like, I truly have no clue if someone fat-fingered a number or if he's just that good. Right. Uh, or or if, uh, actually, I actually do know a little bit about CSGO. Or if Simple really is that good. And it turns out Simple really is that good. So you go to, like, even, like, uh, you know, prize picks or, or underdog or whatever. Also have, uh, like, actual player props for, like, CSGO. Maybe, like, League of Legends as well. So basically anything Stochastic has projections for and even a few things that Vegas odds are easy to double check what your guesswork would be i will play but typically if i know less about it also the thing is uh like if you know enough about like math you have a decent idea of ownership and projections which osmo typically does and especially like you understand like the standard deviations of players where the how how scoring happens like in mma if you didn't know you shouldn't fight stack you'd be like man, this five round fight looks great. I'm just going to play right. both the five round fights and you'd end up with lineups that are like locked into three, three wins, uh, three winning fighters and three losses. If you didn't know that, uh, you'd just be a, a dead player. You'd run into so many dead lineups. So uh, yeah, as long as like, Stochastic has projections and I understand like the fundamental ways in which points are scored in which like okay. MMA players, you know, the, the R square between them is like 0.8 or whatever, like one player scores, 120 the other player almost certainly scored like less than 30 right. so if i know how the points are scored the correlations uh, essentially you yes know the correlations or just um even if it's not correlations like in soccer knowing that like uh, you know two on, on a two game slate like one goal scored will maybe if it's a low scoring game be the difference right whereas in nba there it's it's not uh it's not event driven right it's a, a bunch of tiny iteration iterations mm -hmm. so knowing the like fundamental scoring of the points the fundamental correlations and having maybe some feel of ownership if i can do that for a sport uh which for most sports i can i will play it with a certain amount of overlay like i won't play tennis at like a 1% edge or whatever in terms of like overlay, if, if it's giving me 1% back. Cause like I would get killed in tennis if I was just showing up and knew like just the projections, right? I just wouldn't be that good. Soccer is the worst. Soccer, I think is probably the hardest lobby there is uh, for like just standard, like, you know, the, the three, three, three or whatever, you know, whatever mid stakes they run in soccer. Like I would get killed if there was no overlay, if it was just a regular rake, if it's rake free, I'd probably still be losing. Right. Cause I wouldn't know a ton about soccer if you're giving me 30% overlay because like you're running tickets or stuff, 
sure, then I'll play. So I do actually have like somewhat of an idea. It's really just guesswork, but of eyeballing how much overlay there would have to be for me to play a sport. And for something like soccer, it is typically really, really high. Cause I think like, and, and when you win a ticket, you know, Oh, the over overlay is great in the $90 contest that pays out a five, five, five ticket. One, that five, five, five ticket will be raked. That contest will fill. So it's, it's worth, uh, 500 or whatever. I'm not going to do the math. And then also I'm going to, in general, be a losing player in that contest, even beyond the rakes. I don't really think about soccer. Uh, so that ticket is worth way, way less. So like your eyes deceive you in how much those tickets are worth. So for most sports though, I will play them because most sports have some low level of overlay. Sometimes it's just like, Oh, there's a soccer slate at 12. I'm just working at my computer, like doing some off season, like, you know, articles way out ahead of time i can spend five minutes pulling together some wednesday epl showdown lineup because the one dollar contests are half filled there's only five of them but it's going to cost me two and a half minutes of my time but i i do and have gotten better when i first had a little bit of success at this i was like i'll take a one percent edge in soccer give me give me put me in the ring and uh you know i got killed and uh so i, I do have an idea of like i think i can play almost any sport I'm trying to think I keep looking at my phone not because i'm on a time crunch i'm trying to think of the drafting lobby i think i can play pretty much any sport with enough overlay but i do know there are sports that like if it's close i wouldn't even consider playing soccer is like the biggest one that sticks out to me um maybe i don't know about golf i know forget who uh i think it was on uh brick show was saying that like golf uh actually might have been on blenders too golf regular slates of golf might not be too far from being solved. Like they're closer to being solved uh, than NFL is, for instance. Less yeah. casual money, easier to project. Uh, like we have really good data on it. Yeah. Um, so golf probably would be another one where like overlay would have to be good for me to really consider getting in it. Yeah. Um, so many things that I wanted to respond to there. First of all, <laughs> you said that you know CSGO a little bit. I'm looking at your Rotor Grinders profile. I see you got first out of 3,443 entries in an esports contest. Do you remember which esport that was? No, I have no clue. Okay, well, it's probably CS. I, I played more. I honestly forgot. I think I signed up for that a long time ago. I was like, do they still keep track of that? This was um, June, June 15th, 2021, is uh, when you had the big score on esports. Are you checking on signed up for Rotor Grinders profile? Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, right. I'm saying I forgot I even had a RG profile because uh, I made it so long ago. And Last never visit, February 5th, 2020. <laughs> Created October 23rd, 2019. I have all the data right in front of me. I can tell you exactly when you when you signed up for this Rotogranis profile, the last time you were here. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> it was probably CS. It was probably CS. Um, I also just kind of enjoyed CSGO. I'll put it on while I work or whatever. And there's some decent overlay every now and then in CSGO. Uh, that would be my guess. Okay. Uh, just, just curious about that. But then, okay. So, so you're talking about uh, chasing overlay and you're talking about the ticket that you win being like, you know, maybe I won't chase that ticket because of the type of ticket that I would win. So first of all, do you only chase overlay related to, like, do you only look at, uh, contests where the prize is a ticket, or sometimes you play overlay in just like regular contests where it's, you know, getting money to first, uh, cause sometimes we, we, you do get overlay in, in regular, you know, GPPs as well. Uh, do, do you only play the, uh, GPPs where you're, where the first place is a ticket, or do you sometimes play regular cash contests as well? Yeah, there's way, way more overlay in these ticket contests because DraftKings okay. and FanDuel, uh, I, I started playing on FanDuel this year, trying to like take this more seriously in the sense of like putting in all this time. I'm sure there's some overlay on Fandle, which was true. Uh, I should, you know, be trying to push these edges harder instead of saying like, well, let's like reduce the overlay I get in on DraftKings, but get more down. Like, oh, just like check other sites. I should probably be doing this for like Yahoo. Like Yahoo runs like, I think a, a break free NFL contest, a big one. And like, used to at least, yeah. I, yeah, I haven't checked. I haven't, I lost like, I can't even sign into my Yahoo account anymore, which is fine because I never played that much. But like, that's another like thing that like, if you're a casual player, you should probably be playing that contest uh, even before you chase like overlay in like the the five 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 ticket contest or whatever on DraftKings, like if that one, if you don't want, if you know only NFL, play the rake free NFL contest on Yahoo is probably like, the best action you'll get down something like that. Um, uh, oh, but most of the the overlay is for tickets. Uh, okay. So, but I totally, I would, as someone who had a bunch of equity in tickets last night and realized zero us dollars of said equity i would kill for a contest that just pays me out dollars i don't have to win a ticket i don't have to use that ticket to win another ticket to enter another contest to then lose all that money so i do check for those it's not super often it's like some showdown slate the the quintuple the five dollar quintuple up didn't fill but it's it's not often when you get those chances though definitely would like to fire on them like when FanDuel for their uh uh santa slam or whatever they called it the five five dollar entry on on FanDuel. uh I, I guess they were just like they free rolled everyone for the contest ahead of time just as a promotion or something and uh that that's one like if you're playing if you like nba and are playing it and you're willing to spend christmas morning and then late swaps throughout the day actually you don't even have to late swap if they're just gonna free roll you but uh yeah should should play like that contest or whatever but uh if i find the the these elusive contests that just pay out dollars instead of these stupid orange tickets on DraftKings, I'll play them. It's just not super common. It definitely happens though. Okay, uh, and then uh, next question related to so because most of these are tickets. So let's say, uh, are, would you be more likely to play a you know five hundred dollar NFL contest that's going to be half filled? Uh, Ten out of twenty are going to fill, but the the prize is a ticket to a soccer contest or the reverse where you're playing a soccer contest oh. where the prize is an NFL ticket. Like how much does it factor in like the, the contest where you're chasing the overlay versus the type of ticket you get? Like how much does, uh, do you factor in the, the sport that you're trying to win the ticket for? Uh, yeah, I definitely would factor in. I'm trying to think like specifically to answer your one example. I don't think there's like a difference mathematically. I right. think like there, I, I assume, 
uh, it's the same way, you, you know, it's just which side do you want to get raked over the coals on as far as me, assuming I'm a losing player in soccer in, in the grand scheme of things. I guess the answer would be you would want to take the overlay in soccer and then pay the rake in NFL, though. That's yeah. probably the right answer. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my answer. But yeah, I do like if it's a, you know, like I was saying earlier, like if it pays out a, a soccer ticket, overlay better be good. Because I know that soccer ticket that is supposedly worth five, five, five dollars after the rake and then after me not being a winning player versus the rake in soccer specifically. Uh, I, I know just a little bit of overlay is not enough to cover those losses. Uh, and in the reverse, like in NFL, I'm pretty willing to like push it to like break even or so, or even less with my own, you know, obviously my own non overlay chasing gameplay. Cause like I've had an edge, a small, you know, not a, a ludicrous edge by any means, but I've been a winning player in NFL for a few years. So I don't mind paying the rake on the ticket I get for that. Cause I've been winning versus the rake for a few years. So yeah, it, it makes a huge difference, frankly. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious, like to, to what extent the, the actual contest you're entering versus the, the ticket, like what the tickets for, uh, so it's a tough equation figuring out like how much do I value this sport that I'm like NBA, like you said, you won those five tickets to an NBA mm -hmm. Millie, which obviously you'd prefer it be an NFL Millie because yeah. that is your best sport. But uh, NBA, I would imagine is, you know, maybe a, a little bit closer to the NFL end of the spectrum than the soccer end of the spectrum, just yeah, because yeah. projections are so much better. Oh yeah. Exactly. That, that was the other thing I was going to get back to is, I mean, you, you say that uh, some of these uh, sports like, you don't know them that well, but then you, you know, Stochastic does great projections, for example, uh, and you, you know, you, you need to know enough about the correlations. I suppose then in like NBA, you can, uh, the solution, if you don't know NBA at all, would be just, you run, you know, 50 lineups and just choose one that's not the top optimal. Is that kind of the approach in, in sports you don't know as well? You just like, okay, I'm not going to play the cash game lineup, but I'm just going to play another one that projects really well. That's not a cash game lineup. I think for most sports, I have somewhat of an idea of okay, like, yeah. oh, it looks like there's a 20 man contest not going to fill. Um, even if I'm not playing the cash game lineup in NHL, say, like, I'm not going to also say like, oh, I'm going to run the two top stacks just that run in the projections and then switch out one defender. Right. I don't want to be a one V one off the cash game either. Right. And, uh, oh, this like, you know, I, I will try to gauge, uh, you know, um, MLB is a good one where like, oh, this super cheap value pitcher is just going to be, you know, owned like crazy because he, uh, you know, wasn't expected to get the start, was underpriced, but like they're, the team's only minus 125 favorites, right? He could go out and get blown up. Like there is leverage to be had there. I don't think uh, I am as good as I could be at that because I don't know the sports that well, but just using ownership projections and knowing the correlations, if there are positive or negative correlations, knowing those like, I will try and eyeball like what is a good leverage leverage lineup roughly like I yeah. if I were playing these with the entire rake this probably this almost certainly wouldn't be enough probably yeah. um but with the overlay it is so it's it's a little more than just picking out a random lineup because I can kind of gauge I have some idea of gauging how much how many projected points I'm willing to give up to have uh you know have somewhat amount of leverage in my lineup yeah. but it's it's less scientific than it would need to be versus like a full rigged contest. So, so you know what you're doing. I was just trying to figure out how I can take advantage of overlay in sports that I don't know. If I want to get into NHL, like, oh, maybe I could just play, but no. Then you need to know correlations and stuff. So so you do need to know uh, somewhat, like, the sports and the, the game theory involved in the different sports. Yeah, the, the game theory more than anything. Assuming yeah. assuming Stochastic has me covered on the projections, and yeah. even if they don't do ownership, like, I don't think they do tennis ownership, like, I can build the the highest projected lineup and a few more lineups and be like, okay, like these two value plays plus these two, uh, these two nine K players. Like that looks like what is the way to build the top optimal lineups. It will probably be rostered 
with a relatively high degree. How can I change the build or maybe just get direct leverage off of one of these players? Um, so yeah, assuming Stochastic has me covered, at least on projections, it helps to have ownership, but sometimes I can like, I can tell you that the highest, the the 3K point guard getting 35 minutes, and I guess he's going to be pretty popular. So they, because they feed back into each other, as long as I have projections, I have enough of the game theory covered to where I think there's an edge with the overlay, uh, if the overlay is good enough. Okay. Um, so we are, we're running a little bit short on time and I've got my close note question, but before I get there, I just, I always want to talk just a little bit of best ball. And I'm curious because mm -hmm. you're such an NFL guy, yeah. have you been doing these, have you been grinding these NFL playoff best ball? Not the playoff best ball. Okay. I, I have a few playoff best ball drafts. Um, I haven't been grinding them because I've been busy with work. Uh, but yeah, I'll have a few done and I, you played a lot of best ball, mostly on, on draft Kings, uh, for as bad as their product is. So are the drafters sometimes, not, not always, not always. So you, but... so you played uh, some, some regular season best ball then not, you're not doing the playoff as much, but you have, you did do a, a good amount of uh, regular season best ball. Yeah. You know, a ton, the whole summer uh, up until the last day playing uh, just drafting best ball, like to take my dog for a walk, best ball, best ball on the phone, two of them multi-table it. Uh, and I'll have some entries into, into the underdog ones, like the mitten or whatever. And a few on the DraftKings one as well. <laughs> DraftKings, I haven't done the, I have like a few tickets to it. And uh, apparently they kept the 20 man rosters for the playoffs. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's they just don't insane. care at all. I did do one DraftKings. So I was just very curious, like what these contests I, look like. And who are you drafting? Who like, who are the 18th round picks? I 20th, 20th round picks. Oh, uh, yeah. Jesus. It, it gets pretty ugly. I think that you're still drafting players who might see the field at that point. Like I, I was curious. I was like, honestly curious. Are we really if you'd getting be... to the point where like, yes, drafting players you don't even play i think that they are players who it's like showdown you're like field. taking yeah. like oh man this guy's gonna see 30 snaps throughout the playoffs uh he's a great 18th 20th round pick uh yeah it's, it, it is like ugly. like backup really you know ugly. third string tight end ah but no offense actually questionable and what if he doesn't play and his backup doesn't play uh you know colby parkinson or whatever looking looking hot for the 20th round right man yeah, it's uh it's a different it was uh an interesting decision to just like not put any effort into it. Just like, yeah, we'll just run out the exact same type of contest as we did for the regular season. Uh we'll we'll see how it works out. I'm hoping for some overlay. I haven't looked today if uh it it was looking like we're probably gonna see some overlay in the contest, okay, cool. so maybe worth grinding, but uh Okay. Yeah. I was just curious, uh, the extent that you're playing best ball and it sounds like so you play regular season, you haven't done as much playoff best ball, um, but uh, a, a game that you are interested in playing. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll play. I just I haven't done. I've done one or two drafts on uh, on underdog, and okay. I'll do I'll do a bunch. I'll end up doing a bunch. We still got time. We still got time. That's true. Uh, we got Thursday, a couple days left. Got a couple days. I uh, you know I uh, work tomorrow. Probably do a bunch then while I work, and again on uh, Saturday morning. Just haven't done a ton of drafts yet. So okay. Well then, uh, I won't I won't uh, uh, really ask you too much about your strategy yet because you're probably still figuring out what your strategy is for playoff best ball. Is that kind of the do you have a I guess do you have a general playoff best ball strategy? Are there are there teams that you're seeking like this is the team that's going to make the Super Bowl? How much are you trying to correlate? Uh, and are are you do you think you're going to be playing uh, underdog or DraftKings or drafters or where are you going to be playing for the playoffs? I'll play both. I haven't, or well, I'll, you mentioned drafters too. I haven't looked at drafters yet. Uh, I don't know what their format is like. I know what DraftKings and Underdog is. Um, yeah, like nothing too too crazy. I think maybe the Cowboys are underpriced. Like people think of them as like having this terrible year. They were like six in points scored. Uh, Dak was like a top five quarterback in EPA per play. If you don't look at inter interceptions, which like God, that guy had some of the 
dumbest interceptions from his receivers. Who? What was the game they lost where one of the receivers just like volleyball said it? it Noah an, Brown, I want to say. I, I it was know. probably, yeah, I don't think it was CD, so it was probably Noah Brown or Michael Gallup. Uh, volleyball said it for like a pick six. And I think yeah, I think they lost that game. That. Yeah. But that wasn't the only one. That was the worst one because I think that, that one was a pick six. But he has other ones like that where like, you know, PFF has him like 15th in turnover worthy plays and he leads the NFL in interceptions. So right. I think the Cowboys are a little underpriced uh, based on underdog ADP. I haven't even looked at DraftKings ADP yet. That was the first thing I noticed. I did like two drafts and noticed that. Especially because they they lost their last game to Washington. So I think people are just like, at this point, people are really out on Dallas. Right, uh, yeah. So they've dropped even more. That's uh, definitely an interesting team to target. But uh, to what extent are you planning playing for the Super Bowl versus uh, just trying to to get there? Like, do you, do you have a feel for like, I'm building specifically for, you know, trying to have the strongest team in the Super Bowl versus what was that kind of balance look like for you? I think because um, I guess I am building a lot for the Super Bowl because most of my teams are AFC, NFC stacks. And I think you can uh, maybe get lost in doing a bit too much of that. But for the most part, I do think like team stacking, underpriced teams, and getting two teams in the Super Bowl. And assuming they get there, they've played, especially if you get one of them not being the bye week team, uh, you will just accumulate a ton of points. Like the first drafts I had were like both Dallas stacks and different teams in the AFC. Uh, but I think assuming you are stacking, you do via that end up playing for the Super Bowl or bust essentially, because you'll either go into the Super Bowl with a whole team of players or maybe two whole teams of players or none, and you'll have lost by then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, general, like I'm, I'm obviously you're always building for the Super Bowl because it's such a top heavy tournament that it's like, yeah. you're not trying to min cash here. You're trying to, trying to win the whole damn thing, especially on underdog. The, the latest gauntlet is 200,000 a first. 25,000 a third like it's just like the drop-off is so dramatic that it's like if that's a true building, dfs drop-off they've yeah, done if it. you're not building for the super bowl then yeah you're you're screwed in that contest uh so definitely makes sense and sounds like we have a similar kind of thought process of building afc nfc trying to build out a whole lineup for the super bowl anyway enough about best ball I, I love talking about best ball more than i think everybody loves hearing about it sometimes so we'll, we'll leave it at that for best ball and we'll go to the the closeout question we have to save some time for this tell me about your favorite win or win celebration um it's either when i i mean i won second place didn't even win second place in the mlb millie like one of the high stakes millies last year uh even like told my girlfriend like oh you know like i probably have like 20 percent equity in first and i had pretty good equity for like top three or whatever so it wasn't like the most terrifying sweat because i was like obviously like much looking back on it now having had other like high stakes or just close calls in general would have been nice to win that Millie. But at the time I hadn't won anything more than like 20 grand or something. So like the, the next step up, and I think that's always what it is. It's like the next step up the first time I won two grand in like 2016 or whatever for a while would have been like the most exciting night of watching football in my life. It's probably the MLB one uh, or winning the the seat to the, the hockey championship. Cause that was at that time, another big step up for me. And both times have been like stepping up my play volume and finding some results to match that is like proof of concept in a way. Obviously, it's incredibly random when these things happen or if they happen, but getting some validation was nice. I'll go with the the baseball one. She girlfriend went to bed. I, I stayed up at lo- alone sweating. And I think that is like the most consistent theme of this show is yep. just being alone. Like I'm by myself. Yep. Yep. 
I wonder, loneliness seems to be a consistent thread of like <laughs> DFS players. I, I'm to sure that's fair, not like bad. To be fair, a lot of it is just like it's late night. Like the rest yeah. of the world has gone to bed. Us DFS players are still up watching our lineups most of yeah. the time. So I think it's, it's. I mean, sure, that's definitely a part of it. Like a lot of a lot of people not don't have uh, girlfriends in, in DFS, but even those of us uh, who do have significant others, like, yeah, by the time the win comes for a lot of sports, obviously not like NFL main slates, but for like, nba a lot of these sports mlb it's like it's happening yep. at midnight or 1 1 a.m if you're on the east coast uh so it kind of makes sense that people would be in bed uh was that tough for you like second place is almost is always so much tougher than first because there's that extra what if like first place it's like there's no what if i i won the damn thing it doesn't matter what if could have happened second place there's always that like oh what if this you know one play had gone differently i i kind of remember that you had like it was a legitimate sweat and it was whistles go Woo ended up getting you yeah he needed it we're really we were really all pulling yeah. for him to get his ninth yeah exactly it was we, had to, we had to cheer for whistles there yeah yeah. Um, yeah uh i was i think it felt okay because one it was uh 10 times more than i had ever made in one night at that point so that sort of cushions the blow and i could tell that i had pretty good like second third place equity and very low first place equity because he just he had like a whole like yankee stack or something and i was like i'm just He's almost got me beat already. Right. I really need to run good uh, through like the next six innings, which just wasn't likely or whatever. So uh, I think the second time you get second, which not for a million hasn't happened to me, but I've gotten second a lot of other times. The second time you get second has to be a lot worse because like the high of getting a lot of money has worn off. That's happened before. And now like uh, having gotten second and other stuff, other times, uh, even for what would have been less money than $200,000, those seconds you're like, Jesus Christ. Like I like you get second, like enough times in a row. And it really is uh, very frustrating. The first time it wasn't nearly as bad. I even talked about it on Twitter, like trying to have a positive mindset of like, also like, yeah, I think I lost by like a strikeout or whatever, but I also beat third through six by a strikeout right so okay. like even at the been top much worse yeah yeah exactly even yeah. at the top like the variance running bad on not getting first ran good to not get six which really would have been like nothing because the way these contests pay out like yeah. 15 grand or whatever which was like a triple up on the on the equity i had in the contest versus right. a, a 40x or whatever so tried to have a positive mindset did that night uh the the, the sting of second has has gotten me other times though and it, yeah, it's, it's easier to get second when second comes with 200,000. Like a lot of times, even Millie makers oftentimes will have like 100,000 to mm -hmm. second. That's, that's a lot more brutal than 200,000. Like that's like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's that's real money. So it's uh, still a very nice celebratory night uh, when you're getting 200,000 for a second as opposed to like, you know, 100,000 first, 10,000 a second. Like a lot of those, those kind of contests, it's tougher than, uh, so yeah. It's definitely something to celebrate when you can win $200,000, even if you were that close to the million. And then uh, this NHL one, I didn't, I wasn't aware that you won a ticket to uh, the NHL final before this. Was that also uh, an, an overlay chasing contest? Yeah, it was like months or just weeks after I started this. I think this all started where I tweeted out. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of overlay in these contests. And I think Blender tweeted back at me. He was like, he was like, if you think there's a lot, you should try and grind it. And I did a yeah. little bit and it's, been more consistent ever since so yeah that was in in the covid year so they didn't even do uh an in-person final it was the you know whatever they call it hockey world championship but it was the only one they'll ever run that i don't get to go anywhere for yeah it's kind of a bummer that whole 
I mean, obviously it happened to a lot of people. We lost out on finals for that year, uh, but hopefully, hopefully you'll have other finals that you can go to in the future. Um, all right. Well, I know that you were short on time, so we can close up here. Kyle, where can, where can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter at Kyle tweets here. I tweet out all my NFL stuff there and uh, that's about it. You know, you can check me out on NBC sports edge at pretty much any time. All right. NBC sports edge and at Kyle tweets here on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Kyle, for coming on really fun conversation. As expected, thanks to Mike Lawrence for producing as always. And thank you for watching High Stakes episode 29. You'll be able to catch High Stakes episode 30, I believe next Friday. I think we're going to have a a new episode next Friday. So check that out Friday afternoon. Thanks for watching. Have a good weekend. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.